not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and mother. I can almost see the man swelling with pride, ticking off in his head the things on the list that he's done, or in this case, not done mainly. More than that, he's kept the commandments since his youth. He must have thought, I'm in here. But then comes the blow. It's incisive, like that two-edged sword named in the Hebrews reading that we heard. It gets straight to the point. And you can almost see Jesus winding the man as he says the words, Go and sell all that you own and give it to the poor. Now, I don't believe that Jesus intended to floor the man. The text tells us that Jesus looked at the man and loved him. He wanted to help him. After all, the man had done really well. But what the man wanted required something more. Now, it's not a new teaching, of course. In Matthew's Gospel, we read how Jesus had taught, let the, bury, the dead bury the dead, own dead. In other words, let go of things that are holding you back. So we read that the man goes away grieving because he had many possessions and felt that it was impossible for him to give them up. Many years ago now, I used to be a teacher, and I used to teach infants and, nur and nursery school children. And the children in my class would often come up to me and go, Mr. Wood, I can't do it. Now, I always wanted to respond with, there's no such word as can't. I could hear my mum echoing that in my ear. But I knew really what they were getting at. Sometimes problems just seem impossible. You want to tick them off the list, done, but how? The, the disciple, Peter, later in the passage, notes just how much the cost of discipleship had been for him and for others. They'd left house, family, friends, fields. In other words, all that they, earthly, they owned on this earthly planet, all the security that they had at this time, they'd walked away from in order to follow Jesus. And Jesus assures Peter, his reward will come, but not yet. Let's be clear. If anyone has ever told you that following Jesus is easy, then they've not read their Bible. Accepting God as Lord and Savior takes a moment to declare but to live out our discipleship takes a lifetime of hard work and trying to do what's right. In fact, the truth is that if we want to go to heaven and if we want to see heaven on earth, we are going to need to let go just as much as the man in the story. To let go and to let God do what God does best. As Jesus said to the man, it would be easier for us to squeeze through the eye of a needle than to try and enter the kingdom of heaven. And why is that? Because we cling on to the stuff that we have. Whether it's money or possessions or relationships or power, we just want to hold on to them. We enter this earth with nothing. 
But how many of us, in some strange way, try and convince ourselves that we'll leave with something? And yet, it's impossible. And if we think about it, we know it's impossible. For many years now, Adidas have used the, the slogan, impossible is nothing, as they're thinking about inspiring the, the athletes that were or their, their merchandise. But I reckon that slogan belonged to God first. Impossible is nothing. We can celebrate, for we worship a God of the impossible. In fact, dealing with the impossible is God's forte. Creating all that is in the natural world. Impossible? Tick. The creator of all, reaching out to a fallen people. Impossible. Tick. God coming to earth in the form of a man. Impossible. Tick. Killed and then raised back to life. Totally impossible. Tick. Showing that nothing, not anything in the whole of creation can, celebrate, can separate us from his love. And so the list goes on. God is in the impossible business. Impossible is absolutely nothing to God. Over the past 18 months, we've been in an impossible situation. And some people like to think that we're now beyond the pandemic. But the truth is that as a church, we're only in the eye of the storm. The initial hurricane is over but the aftermath still has to be worked through. Great things have happened in some places with online worship, but the truth is physical churches have been decimated. Today, here at Methodist Central Hall Westminster, we celebrate our anniversary. But some might ask, what is there to celebrate? Still, some people have not returned to physical worship, and others have been lost. And when we look at our wider Methodist family, some would, would say it's impossible for churches to go on. We are on our knees. And maybe, just maybe, that's where we need to be. Not crushed or defeated, but calling on God in prayer as he looks at, on us with love. Lifting our eyes to God, the God of the impossible, to make all things possible. In fact, I think I'd go as far to say that when something seems impossible, that's exactly the time to look for God, because you can guarantee God will be there, making good things possible. For we read in Hebrews, God has been tested as we are, yet without sin. He will never fail us. Over generations, we have gone through situations which seem impossible, but the, our God of the impossible has shown up and shown us quite clearly that impossible is nothing. His grace is overflowing. He gives unconditional love and that unconditional love becomes the conduit between you and me and the kingdom of God. As Paul said to the Hebrew pre people, approach the throne of grace 
with boldness so that you may receive mercy and find grace to help you in times of need. It's a welcome invitation. We have nothing at all to fear. And it's a message for me and for you. Nothing is impossible for, the fo- for a follower of Jesus. All the help we need is there. Look to God the God of the impossible. For with God, all things are possible. Amen.